The first major test for Ole Miss is over. I'll tell you the things you need to take away from this huge win over Kentucky as we get ready for the SEC portion of our schedule. This is the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to the Lockdown Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, and before we get started, I do want to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across our network. Um, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LockedOn.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Also, Thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications. We'll release a new video like we already have, like the full game is up from this weekend. We put that on a playlist. We have the highlights up. So if you want to go back and relive that, or Vanderbilt and Northern Illinois is also up. So if you want a little bit of a preview about the doors, it is there as well. So Check that out. Hit the bell for notifications for new videos and, of course, upvote and comment on the video um, as well. Thank you very much. Anyway, big week for the Rebels. The first exam that we've been pointing to since last February. We created this monster. I understand that. We all need to get that. Since we started talking about, well, we won't know anything about Kentucky until after Kentucky, or about this team until after Kentucky, well, we're there. So we have answers to questions that are legitimate. I told you in the last three weeks, the only real question that we would have after this game is can Ole Miss compete with Alabama? And I think they can. There's not a game on Ole Miss's schedule that they can't win. Now, we have to do certain things, but it's there. It's all for the taking. Right now, I genuinely think Ole Miss is at least the number three team in the Southeastern Conference. That's just behind Alabama, just behind Georgia, you got that Tennessee Ole Miss dogfight happening that's in the top 10. I genuinely think they have a chance to make some noise as this goes. Now, Tennessee has Alabama in two weeks. Uh, Georgia, they have Auburn. And they, I think they have Kentucky and all that and Tennessee in November. So you're going to learn about the Georgia Dogs in November. Ole Miss... You've got Vandy coming up Saturday. You've got Auburn coming up this Saturday after that. Then you go to Tiger Stadium and two college stations. So maybe you learn something a little bit more about the team there. We will talk about that as well. But the more you think about this game and everything, the way it played out, whenever you watch it after the game, you sit there and you say, this is a top 10 team period. Number three team in the SEC. This is a really good team. And I place that on the fact that we didn't play particularly well. We just won a top 10 game and did not play our best. Think about that. We had players injured, snaps going all over the place. The offense stalled out in the second half. Remember last week when they said if Ole did that in the second half against an SEC team, there's no way they'll win because – there's this mythical SEC team that basically means Alabama. Um, 
that everybody goes to. And they did that. They they struggled to move the ball in the second half. Now, part of that is they didn't take a field goal when they were on the five-yard line. The play calling inside the 10-yard line was a little bit suspect. Ole Miss did start using the middle of the field some. But after Jackson Dart threw his interception, the play calling got conservative again. So they are slowly taking the leash off this kid. Now, I have talked about over and over how impressed I was about Jackson Dart. Now, I need to explain a little bit where I am. Now, if you are expecting Matt Corral and super numbers like Will Levis, who is a projected first-round draft pick, by the way, if that is your line for good and not good, that is your problem. That is not everybody else. That's not realistic. If you want to look at Jackson Dart as in the realistic winner, and this would be the same if Luke Altmaier won the job, this would be the same if Kincaid Dent was in there. There is a relativity line for what is good. It's a sliding scale, and that bar moves. And each week it's moved up just a little bit. And people naturally had questions about Jackson Dart playing his first top 10 game, his first big game. Would the pressure be too much? Would the atmosphere get to him? None of that happened. You saw a quarterback that raised his game against the best defense he will see probably until Texas A&M, maybe talent-wise, but probably not schematic-wise. Maybe Alabama, maybe LSU like that. Kentucky is a really good defensive team. And Jackson Dart stood in there and made some plays. He did not take sacks. He made one mistake on an interception, but a young quarterback is going to do that. He did not throw a touchdown pass, but he didn't have to. You saw them early opening up the offense and opening up the middle of the field and letting him cook a little bit. Now, the snaps almost destroyed everything. The snaps right now are catastrophic. That's, that's the nice way to put them, is they are catastrophic. But... You take away that issue and you get that one thing fixed. It's amazing how much better this team looks when Caleb Warren is in at center. There's some still some snapping issue, but it's not the same thing. At least accuracy-wise, there might be some similar problems, but velocity-wise, if you look at the snaps getting back to the quarterback, it helps with our timing. When Eli Acker is in the game, now he's – He's a guard. He's just kind of thrust into this job. This is nothing against him. But the jet sweep game is out because there's no way that we can time up a run and a snap with um, Eli Acker in the game at the moment. That That's just the way it is. There's nothing against that kid. Kid plays a guard. He's a guard. He was thrust into this action, and he's doing the best he can. But if you want to talk about the totality of the offense, it is important that the center exchange gets cleaned up with this team. Absolutely important. Because if it doesn't, it's going to cost Ole Miss an SEC game. Now, Ole Miss should do fairly well against Vanderbilt. We're going to talk about this whenever lines come out. Vandy is probably a good team. They're probably the 12th best team in the league, honestly, if we're going to be honest about it. Um, Auburn is the last place team in the league. So the next two weeks, you got number 12 and number 14 coming on your schedule. So theoretically, Ole Miss should be able to come out of this 7-0, which they haven't been since they were 7-0 going to Baton Rouge in 2014. And I don't want to hear anybody talk about non-vacated 7-0 season. No, they were 7-0 that season. 
It doesn't matter if it's vacated or not. It the event actually transpired. It happened. A team went undefeated until game eight. Actually, is a real thing. Vacated wins have nothing to do with that. Um, whenever you say vacated wins, it's just a way that you can do research back to 1962 in the perfect season to make that stand. So we are still in 2014 land and trying to get to that. But if Ole Miss beats Vandy and they beat Auburn, a road game at LSU is on the table. And historically, if you look at it, Ole Miss is not a team that does very well at LSU when they are the superior team. It's the weirdest thing. If you think about it, go every now and then Ole Miss will go down and get them. But when LSU is supposed to thump them a little bit, Ole Miss might rear up. But if Ole Miss goes down like 2014 when they were undefeated, ranked third in the country or something like that, they end up losing a 10-7 game. In 1959, Billy Cannon ran the punt back. It was a 7-3 game. I think in 1960, it was a 10-10 game. So in these glory four years of Ole Miss football, I think Ole Miss was like 1-3 or 1-2-1 or maybe 0-3-1 against LSU at that time. So that is probably the next game you need to circle. But Ole Miss needs to handle business against Vanderbilt. Absolutely needs to handle business against Vanderbilt. They need to handle business against Auburn as well. Auburn is not really anything to write at home about. Vandy with A.J. Swan, kind of like them a little bit. They've got two weeks to prepare for Ole Miss. We'll see how that looks. Do you go up to Nashville and kind of take off the reins on Jackson Dart and open it up a little bit? Because right now, this is a top team, top 10 team. But if you want to maximize this team, and we all want to maximize this team, Quarterback play will be the ultimate thing. So the quicker they get developed and they start working towards a finished product, which that's not going to happen this year, but let's just say that. The better they are before Alabama, the better. Just period. You've got you got like four weeks to get everything in control before Alabama comes to town. And that game is going to be a zoo. Get ready. Because if Ole Miss handles business and do what, does what they're supposed to do, Ole Miss is going to be 9-0 coming into that game. Bama will be 9-0 coming into that game. Or 8-0. No. I don't know when their bye week is. Or whatever. So, college game day on campus. Ranked teams. Probably a top five matchup. That is what we're looking at in our future. Now, one really, really important thing that we need to talk about before we move on to things is this grand experiment that Lane Kiffin has been putting on this year, this, this transfer experiment that nobody thought it would work, has worked magnificently. All of these ways that you can build a team that Theoretically, it's like, if you have to do it, this is the way you do it, build freshman class, sophomore classes. Basically, the way Mike Leach is doing it down in Starkville, where that was the only way you can build up a system and build up a program. Lane Kiffin has proven that is not true. This class right now is phenomenal. This is the most talented team, potentially, in my lifetime at Ole Miss. Will Ole Miss win every game? 
I don't know. Will Ole Miss drop a game they're not supposed to? I don't know. We don't know any of that. But if they drop a game, it won't be because the talent is not there. It'll be because of lack of execution, lack of focus, simple stuff that is not necessarily um, talent-related. Now, we are used to Ole Miss teams over the last 40 years that were plucky, that could rise up and get you at times. Not necessarily talent behemoths. It was teams when they played teams like Georgia and Alabama. It was one of those things where you were always going to it hoping for an upset. And because of that, I don't think Ole Miss fans exactly know how to deal about what is happening. Because in every game this season, Ole Miss was the most talented team on the field. If Ole Miss was not the most talented team on the field against Kentucky, Ole Miss would not have won that game. Because like I said, Ole Miss didn't play particularly well. They have some th- a lot of stuff they need to clean up. But they were able to win the game because of individual players making plays. Troy Brown was everywhere. Jared Ivey made the clutch game-winning sack cause fumble that just ended it. We've all seen this stuff come out over social media. Um, you even have Austin Keys, who you actually recruited, a Lane Kiffin recruit. Played very well. Jordan Watkins in the slot, still Jalen Robinson isn't quite there. But Quinshawn Judkins is becoming a horse. And we will talk about him in the second segment as well. But first, I do want to tell you about Bet Online. Or no, LinkedIn Silent Solution. I'll tell you about Bet Online in a little bit. But in these days, every potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you should check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right team for your team faster and for free. So create a profile on the page. Then add your purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are, in fact, hiring. It's simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize the interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including iTunes and Spotify. Do us a favor, leave us a five-star review on that page. You can say whatever you want to say. You can talk about my narcissism or the fact that I'm rarely right. You can say whatever you want to say. Just make sure it's a five-star review. That'll help others that are trying to find the podcast, this podcast, find it. Right now on the Google machine, if you search Ole Miss podcast, the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast comes up at a high rate. That is because of this review session thing that we're doing every show. So thank you very much for that. All right. So in the first segment, we talked about how this is a top 10 team, period. Just absolutely, period. And in this part of the show, we're going to talk about this defense is really special, guys. 
everybody saw what happened last week and it was a whole bunch of things and there was a whole bunch of hand-wringing going on. It's like, what are we going to do? Well, this defense is special. This defense is good. And right now, this is a defensive team. I don't think people realize run the ball and play defense as, as an avenue for, to win games, but Ole Miss is doing that now. While we're bringing Jackson Dart along, you have that running game, you have that offensive line, and you have that defense. Tysheem Johnson, Isheem Young, A.J. Finley, Otis Reese, Troy Brown, um, DeAndre Prince, Miles Battle, um, David Znigmanosa. These are all players in the back part of that defense that are playing really, really well. It's hard for a quarterback. I told you this, this all week. Whenever they see this defense for the first time, the windows and everything look smaller. And because of that, they tend to struggle. Will Levis struggled for a half. He kind of figured some things out, but he still threw for 230 yards, and 80 of those yards um, were off of quick screen passes where Barry and Brown took it like 60 yards, and they had like a 30-yard or 20-yard pass on another one. So in reality, Will Levis threw for about 130 yards Saturday, period. Craig Robinson, or Chris Robinson, Craig Robinson, he's from the office. Um, Chris Robinson ran for like 72 yards on like 18 carries. Kentucky as a team rushed for about 2.9 yards per carry. And that is because this defense was so stingy. One of the advantages that Ole Miss has as a defense is that teams that go up and count box players, and that became so much an in vogue thing in the last 10 years. You go up there, Okay, there's so many people in the box. Well, this is going to be a run play if there's five people in the box. If there's eight people in the box, it's going to be a pass play. It's real simple, either-or type situation. Well, this defense is essentially a light box defense. It's always going to show a five-man box. So if you're going in there counting boxes and hand the ball off, you don't even realize because the run fits are set up in such a way that there might look like there's only five in the box but there's eight people in that run defense. And because of that, you kind of get compressed in what you're doing. And that messes with your mind because what happens when they're in a true drop eight and you take that, that box count and you decide to throw the ball since you know that that run defense is going to come up and they're in a true drop eight. It can cause problems for quarterbacks. It plays mind games with them. And I, that's one of the things I love about Lane Kiffin and his systems is on offense, they just absolutely torture linebackers. Absolutely. You saw in the pregame show on SEC Nation just how they do it on, on in the running game. Essentially showing a triple option that can happen in any run play. It is, it's absolutely phenomenal based off of what a certain linebacker does. It's really cool. But defensively, they do stuff like that as well. They essentially want to torture quarterbacks. And their weakness over the last two years has been what I call murder ball. What Alabama did last year. What Baylor did last year. What Auburn did last year. Ole Miss struggled in that situation. Even what Arkansas did last year. They might have won the game, but they still scored 51 points. Murder ball has been a weakness for this Ole Miss team. Well, Kentucky lined up and tried to play murder ball with Ole Miss, and they could not do it. 
because the defensive line has been improved to the point where they can pinch down and take take both A-gaps and one of the B-gaps right off the board. And Troy Brown and Austin Keys are good linebackers. They can do whatever, and they can go sideline to sideline. And then there's just an amoeba facet of this defense that somebody on Twitter described it as a um, unruly middle school field trip because there's a whole bunch of undersized, um, angry um, kids basically running around on defense, and that is what Ole Miss does. And that's kind of true. So I'm impressed with this defense. This defense is winning Ole Miss games while they're getting Jackson Dart up to speed. And Jackson Dart is progressing on schedule. Don't let anybody tell you any different about that. But as he gets better to go, we need him ready to go by November. And we still have three games in October that are going to be real tests, including a major road game, which we all remember 2014, where game day was actually in Baton Rouge for that Ole Miss LSU game. And that place was lathered up. It was loud. LSU rushed the field. When Ole Miss is good, LSU is really up for that game. That is a historic rivalry that they have, that really over the years, LSU has only had that one. But it is dependent on Ole Miss being good. This year, Ole Miss could be the dominant team. Brian Kelly is first game in. That place will be nice and lathered up. It just will. So we'll see how that goes. They play Tennessee this weekend, by the way. Um, real quick before we get out of here, I do want to say this. Quinshawn Judkins is special. He is absolutely special. He leads all freshman running backs with 535 yards. He's averaging over 100 yards a game this season. He is quickly becoming the Ole Miss running back one and is set up right now to where I don't see there's any way unless energy or something like that happens where he's not going to leave Ole Miss as the all-time leading rusher. This is a special, special running back. And... I think everybody needs to enjoy him as quickly as they can while he's here because he's unreal, guys. He is absolutely unreal. His 49 yards up the middle, he's explosive. He does all the things. Honestly, like Zach Evans is nicked up, right? And he's a good – you can see why he runs the ball. Unbelievably smooth. He is a really good player. But Judkins is starting to break off bigger and bigger chunk plays against really good defenses. His, his, his vision is just special. There was a play where they ran inside zone to where he stopped, jumped, cut out, and went around the pile. Gained like nine yards, but Kentucky had the inside zone part of that defended. A really, really good player. Anyway, I do want to let you know about Bet Online. When we come back, we will do week six lines. But first, Bet Online is your number one source for all of your football betting information this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in depth articles, and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf, maybe even some MLS in there as well, head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including Spotify. So do us a favor, or including YouTube. So sign up, sign up to the YouTube channel, um, hit the bell for notifications, and of course comment and upvote the video itself. Now, one thing we need to do before we get in the lines, we're gonna, we are going to get in the lines real quick, and this is an important storyline week. This isn't just about lines. This will be storyline. If you look below, Ole Miss is an 18.5 point favorite over Vanderbilt in Nashville. That's number nine Ole Miss. Games at four o'clock um, or three o'clock, I should say. That's Central Time. Three o'clock um, on the SEC network. I'll get that fixed by tomorrow. Um, but that's four o'clock Eastern. So, whatever, you know, in Florida, it gets messy from time to time. Anyway. Let's talk lines. All right, these are the week six lines. Missouri is at Florida. Florida's a 10-point favorite. Florida has kind of figured some stuff out. They played Eastern Washington on Sunday. Relatively easily dispatched them. They're an FCS program across the country. Hurricane delay, the whole nine yards. Um, That might have affected them more than not. But Florida was able to get the win. With Missouri coming to town, you don't know. Is, will it be the Missouri team that completely fumbled away their chance to beat Auburn on the Plains, missed a 23-yard field goal and fumbled going in the end zone? That's the reason they lost that game. Or will it be the Missouri that played Georgia within an inch of their life that they just ran out of players, ran out of gas there at the end, and Georgia was able to win the game? I do not know, but Ford is favored by 10 points in that game. In a game that I expected the line to be a little bit higher, Tennessee is favored by two and a half points over LSU in Baton Rouge. That's an 11 o'clock central time kickoff. Good team. I expected that line to be up around seven, eight points, honestly. So I think Tennessee is good. I think Tennessee is competing with Ole Miss for the third best SEC team. It should be interesting. Now, a team that before the season started, everybody wondered out loud if they were the third best SEC team. They're going in this game playing for their lives. That's Arkansas and Mississippi State. Mississippi State is favored by five and a half points. And honestly, it might need to be higher than that. This is a game that I think Mississippi State wins fairly easily. I think Arkansas needs to protect uh, from the season going into a tailspin. Because three SEC losses at the beginning of the year That's a hard way to go for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Mississippi State, Mike Leach in year three. I'm telling you, it's just a a magical thing. Mike Leach in year three is a different animal for whatever reason, and Mississippi State is playing like it. They were one bad quarter away at LSU and Baton Rouge away from being undefeated right now. So keep an eye on the Bulldogs for sure. Auburn is at Georgia, and Georgia is a 27.5-point favorite. I... Georgia has not played well the last two weeks. I'll say that right off the bat. They have not played well. But Auburn is awful. Like special next level awful. And if Georgia comes into that game with any semblance of focus in it, this is a game that they can win 45 to 3. 42 to 10. Either way, it looks like they'll hit that 27 point number easily. 
So pay attention to that. Ole Miss is 18 points, 18 and a half point favorites at Vanderbilt up in Nashville. Um, this is a line that's right about where I thought it would be. Vanderbilt is a better team than you realize. They're getting better. They should probably be about 12th in the SEC with Missouri and Auburn battling it out for number 14. Um, this is a game that you probably want to take a little bit of the leash off of Jackson Dart, kind of ease him into it. He can manage the game, do whatever he needs to do, but he can just throw really, really solid passes, do whatever he needs to do. He needs to do Judkins, Evans. I expect a big game there. This should be really good for the Ole Miss Rebels. And honestly, 6-0 is um, potentially right down the pike. South Carolina is at Kentucky. Kentucky's trying to bounce back as a 10-point home favorite over the Gamecocks. Um, Kentucky's a good team. They, they really are. Anybody that tries to tell you they're not, they're, for whatever reason, they're lying to you. Kentucky is a decent team. This is a game because South Carolina has not been very good. Although I do like Marshawn Lloyd. I'm not a Spencer Rattler person. Um, but Kentucky, they're just a solid overall good team. Whenever you hear me talk about Alabama, and I'm going to talk about Alabama, um, Alabama without Bryce Young is just a solid good team. That is Kentucky. That is Tennessee. That is that level. I just don't think they're going. they're an elite team without him. I like Jalen Milrow and all of that, but I think everybody should be wary about what happens. Anyway, Texas A&M is at Alabama. Alabama's a 24-point favorite over the Aggies at home. This is a game that has been circled on the Alabama calendar for months. Now, we have to see about Bryce Young. Bryce Young kind of sprained his shoulder against Arkansas. Our, um, Alabama does not look like the same team without Bryce Young. That's because Bryce Young is a player of the year type quarterback. He is really, really good. Milrow is not that dude. The, the offense will look completely different. You'll see what's going on with that. Milrow is, is honestly a threat on the ground. He's a good passer of the ball. Any quarterback at Alabama is actually going to be good. But he is more of a threat running the ball than Bryce Young. Although, you might see Milrow get held back from running with Bryce Young getting hurt. But Alabama, 24-point favorite uh, over the Texas A&M Aggies. Anyway, get more on the SEC by making Locked On SEC your second listen every day. Host Chris Gordy and the local experts of Locked On take you across the SEC in 30 minutes. Make a Locked On SEC your second listen. That's Locked On SEC. Chris Gordy will be on the show this week. Um, also, potential special guest we're going to try and get this week. We're going to play catch up from last week. You, you guys know how it is whenever you have a situation like this. You're always feeling like you're behind, but we're going to do whatever we can. We will see you a little bit later on today with the press conference video. Anyway, take care. Take care.